You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Programme. Arsenal versus Wolverhampton Wanderers, Sunday, 28th of May, 2023. Kickoff, 4:30 p.m. The contents, captain's notes around Arsenal, sustainability, player feature, Martin Odegaard, minute detail, community voice, foundation voice, around the academy, women, visitors, Wolverhampton Wanderers, match action. Arsenal versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Match action. Nottingham Forest versus Arsenal. And teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. It's going to take a while to get over the disappointment of how this season has ended, but that doesn't mean that we can't be proud of things we've achieved as well. To be honest, I still can't explain how or why our form changed over the past eight games. We dropped a lot of points over these games, a lot of draws at the beginning of April. Then we won a couple of matches, but then we lost our last two games that we should win. I don't have a good answer for this, and that's very frustrating. All I can say is that we were not playing as we can, maybe without the intensity and purpose that we normally do. We couldn't get it going against Nottingham Forest last weekend either. Credit to them though, they defended well with everyone behind the ball and made it difficult for us. But we gave away a goal again, and that was my mistake there. Then after that they were able to sit back and put everyone behind the ball. Again, we have to do better. We have to play with more rhythm, more purpose and threaten them more. Of course we're not at all happy with the end of the season. When the disappointment goes away, and with a bit of time, I guess we'll look back at this season and be proud but right now it's pain and frustration. With the position we've been in all season, we're not happy with second place. Even though it's a good achievement and probably everyone would have taken it before the season, we wanted to win it when we got in that position. It's a good sign that we're disappointed, and I think we should be, but also we've done some great things this season and taken some big steps in the right direction. We're still aiming for 84 points. And the only thing we can do now is finish the season strongly today in front of our supporters. 
everyone deserves to finish this season in a good way. And it's great that we're at home today because we want to give you all a good feeling going into the summer. That's very important for us and we want to do it together at the Emirates. We've got a very young team still. The direction is good and it's up to us to learn from the season and improve again next year. Last season we had a difficult end when we dropped out of the Champions League, but we used that anger and came back stronger this year and we need to do the same thing again. We could have won the league, so let's use this disappointment in a good way, learn from it and make sure it doesn't happen the same next season. As I say, we're a young team and we're all together. It's great that Aaron and Bakayo have both signed new deals lately. You can see that players want to stay here and do something special with this club. That's what we'll try to do. I'm sure we'll be even better next year and I'm looking forward to that already. This was my first season as captain and I think I've grown a lot. I've learned to take more responsibility and with the goals I've scored too, it's been good for me. As my first season as captain here, I think it's been okay, but I feel like I can do a lot better too. I'm going to work hard to get better and that's my main aim now. I know I can still improve so much. Overall, I'm happy with my form this season. Of course, I've had some bad games as well, but in general, I've been playing okay, scoring more goals and being more involved in creating chances. So that's all good. But as I say, there's always room for improvement. The way we ended the season too, I know I could have done a lot better in some of the games too. After today's game, first of all, I'll be getting a bit of rest. Then next month, I've got two important qualifiers with the Norway national team. We've got two home games, so I'll join up there and hopefully it'll be a good camp. Then after that, I'll have two weeks off, or something like that. So I'll stay home in Norway and relax with family and friends. I'll enjoy the Norway summer. I think this is an important summer break for us all, to help us all get over this disappointment and be refreshed again for next year. We wanted to win it so bad. Everyone is a bit down and I understand that. So we can use this break to have a bit of space, breathe a bit and come back stronger next season, ready to go again. Finally, and on behalf of the whole squad, I want to say again how much we appreciated your brilliant support all season. We've all been on a great journey together this season and shared in some amazing moments. You've always been there for us, getting right behind us, from the first game of the season away at Palace, and your support really did make a difference, in the tough times as well. It was crucial for us all season. It didn't end how any of us wanted to. But today we are determined to finish the season in a good way. You all deserve that. Around Arsenal. Forever Arsenal. We're delighted to introduce our new home kit for the 2023-24 season, celebrating the joy and pride in moving forward together. There is a photograph of the new kit in the print version of the programme. Bukau Saka, fresh from committing his future with us, joined more than 300 supporters and members of staff in the seats at Emirates Stadium to reveal the new Adidas kit. Said Bukau, We're in this together. The support we've received this season, home and away, from supporters around the world and from colleagues and friends across the Arsenal family, has been immense. Celebrating this moment together makes us excited to wear this shirt next season. It's so powerful when we know teammates, supporters and friends are driving us on. We're stronger when we're moving forward together. 
Our new home kit will be worn by the team today after making its debut when our women's team took on Aston Villa at Meadow Park yesterday. Our new kit draws on the spirit of the Invincibles team of 2003-4, marking the beginning of the 20th anniversary of our unbeaten Premier League season. Our crest and Adidas logo and three stripes down each sleeve featuring gold and our record of 26 wins and 12 draws over 38 games in that historic season is stitched into the side of the authentic version of the kit. Twenty years on from that incredible achievement, we aim to carry forward the values, spirit and togetherness of the 2003-4 squad. The new kit is available to buy now at Arsenal Direct, Arsenal Stores and selected Adidas retail stores. Go to the poster section of today's print version of the programme for a full showcase of our fantastic new look for 2023-24. to Thank you. A message from Tim Lewis, Executive Vice Chair, on behalf of the board, thank you. It's been a brilliant season, with many important moments and memories made in an extraordinary Emirates atmosphere, the like of which we have never experienced here. 60,000 supporters have sung a new anthem and generated an energy which connects with our players and drives them on. Something special has been restored and shared by Gunas here and across the world. Sincere thanks go to everyone connected to the club, from our owners to all supporters, for the unstinting support you have given our teams and staff throughout the season. We'll reset this summer and with the resolute support we have from Stan and Josh, strengthen to go again next season. Everyone is delighted to see our men's team back in the Champions League and recognises we must rise to that challenge. We are looking forward to being back together again for Tuesday and Wednesday nights under the lights. May I also say the board recognises the sterling efforts of all our people at the club. Everyone has worked so hard with a collective passion to move us forward in every way. While the focus is so often on the managers, coaches and players, the energy, positivity and commitment that our people bring with them every single day in all they do is remarkable and appreciated. The spirit and energy of the club has been transformed. As a final note, the board applauds our away supporters who have followed our teams everywhere in maximum numbers and volume around the country and in Europe this season. You always make your presence felt and it is so appreciated by the management and our players. Have a great summer. We look forward to welcoming you all at Emirates Stadium again in August and before that, seeing many of our US-based supporters and those who can travel at our pre-season tour. Victoria Concordia Crescit Best wishes, Mark. Everyone at Arsenal would like to wish our Director of Media, Communications and Community Affairs, Mark Connella, a fond farewell as he leaves us after 12 and a half years at the club. Greatly respected across the football world, Mark worked tirelessly to ensure the club was represented fairly in the media around the world and has been instrumental in Arsenal in the community continuing its magnificent work locally and further afield. Mark became a friend to many coaches, players, staff, journalists and supporters who will miss his warm nature, approachability and occasional war stories about Reading FC. 
all the very best, Mark. You will always be welcome at Emirates Stadium. Match officials. The match officials for today's game weren't announced until Friday, shortly after today's programme went to print. Sorry for any inconvenience. Bakayo signs up. Our England international forward Bakayo Saka has signed a new long-term contract. Since joining the club as an eight-year-old, Bakayo has progressed from our academy into the first team, with this season once again underlining his status as one of the finest talents in the country. The 21-year-old, who has featured in every single one of our Premier League matches over the past two seasons, has scored 14 goals in all competitions in 2022-23, bettering his tally of 12 goals last season, and has also provided 11 assists. His superb development and consistency mean he has already made 178 first-team appearances. Before this campaign, Bakayo was voted by our supporters as Player of the Season for 2020-21 and 2021-22, making him the first player to retain the honour since Thierry Henry in 2005. This season, he won the Premier League Player of the Month for March and also collected the Young Player of the Year at the recent London Football Awards. He has also been nominated for this year's Premier League Player of the Season as well as their Young Player of the Season award, making his first-team debut in the Europa League aged 17 in November 2018 Bakayo also became the first player born in the 21st century to play in a Premier League match when he came on during our 4-1 home win over Fulham on New Year's Day in 2019. Having represented England at youth level, Bakayo made his senior international debut in October 2020 and was one of the stars of Euro 2020, becoming the youngest player ever to appear for the Three Lions in a major final when they faced Italy at Wembley. Now with 26 international caps to his name, Bakaya was also a key member of the England squad at the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Sporting director Edu said, It has been so enjoyable to work with everyone to extend Bakaya's contract. It is a very proud moment for us all at the club to work hard with Bukayo and experience his great journey from our academy through to our first team. Bukayo has now developed into one of the best young players in the game and we are looking forward to enjoying together this next stage of his career with us. Mikel Arteta added, It's great for the club that Bukayo has extended his contract. Retaining our best young talents is key to our continued progress and Bakaya represents such an important part of our squad now and for the future. As well as being a fantastic talent, Bakaya is a special person. He's loved by us all and he is a credit to himself and his family for the hard work and commitment they have all made to get to this level today. We are so looking forward to enjoying Bakayo's continued development with us in the years to come. Give it up for the under-9s. At half-time today, you will get to meet some very special visitors from Hale End. Our new intake of under-9s will take to the pitch, and if you'd like to know more about them, turn to our gallery section in the print version of this programme on page 62. Welcome to Arsenal, boys. Arsenal to play Barcelona in LA. 
we are delighted to confirm that our men's first team will play against Barcelona in Los Angeles on Wednesday, July 26, as part of our pre-season preparations for 2023-24. The match will take place as part of the Soccer Champions Tour Series at Sophie Stadium, home of the LA Rams. This will be our third and final pre-season fixture in the United States this summer and follows our clash with Manchester United in New York on Saturday, July 22nd and our match against the MLS All-Stars in Washington, D.C. on Wednesday, July 19th. Sporting director Edu said, Our match against Barcelona in Los Angeles is another great opportunity for Mikel and our men's first-team squad to prepare for the exciting new season. We are very proud to be playing at the fantastic Sophie Stadium in what will be a special occasion for everyone at our club. This is another high-quality match and we are so looking forward to meeting our many supporters in Los Angeles. The Soccer Champions Tour is a new marquee soccer exhibition series which will take place between July 22nd and August 2nd. The series features six of the world's most iconic football clubs competing in nine top-tier matches over 12 days in venues across the United States. We are playing once in the series and will feature alongside Barcelona, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Juventus and Manchester United. As well as Los Angeles, host cities include New York, San Francisco, Dallas, Orlando and Baltimore. Tickets are available now at www.soccerchampionstour.com Arsenal Malawi help cyclone victims Arsenal Malawi Supporters Club has recently donated sports kit to survivors of Cyclone Freddy, which brought devastation to the country earlier this year. Led by Father Shadrach Malata of the Catholic Diocese of Chikwawa, representatives of Arsenal Malawi handed out footballs and netballs at Jumbo Camp in Chikwawa. The group, which has around 120 members, wanted people in the camp to enjoy some normality and for younger people to be able to play sport in the face of the catastrophe. Magnificent Baron We would like to congratulate Dimitri Marin on his 1,000th Arsenal game today. It's a milestone quite a number of fans will have reached, but Dimitri's dedication comes with a difference. He comes from Brussels, Belgium, every game. His first match was a 1-1 draw with Birmingham at Highbury on December 27, 1983, and his 100th was exactly 10 years to the day later. He has been a season ticket holder since 1995. I used to drive for many years, but more often take the Eurostar now, says Dimitri. What is great is that I've made so many mates over the years that I can go into most pubs around the ground and will know someone. And when I don't, then someone pops up and says, Hey, do you remember me? We met at that or that away game years ago. I always find it amazing when people recognise me. The same can be said when I go to away games by train. I always bump into the same familiar faces that go to every home and away game. Whatever happens to Arsenal, it is for life. And even if we should suffer something unthinkable, like when Luton sank down the leagues, it wouldn't change anything for me. I would still go. I am not one football fan, but an Arsenal addict. I know it, 
and wouldn't want to change it. Thanks for your amazing support, Dimitri. Here's to the next 1,000. Celebrating our Jewish Gunas. Ahead of our match against Brighton and Hove Albion a fortnight ago, we celebrated the official launch of Jewish Gunas with a special party at Emirates Stadium. The Jewish Gunas supporter banner was also revealed inside the stadium for the first time to mark the arrival of our newest official supporters club. The group has been set up by Jewish Arsenal supporters who want to express and celebrate their identity as a community. Jewish Gunas committee member Barry Frankfurt said, A group of us have been going to games together for years. Arsenal has always been a community for us, and we've always felt welcome here. We've met people from different backgrounds that we'd never meet otherwise in life, thanks to going to Arsenal, home and away. We decided it would be fantastic to merge some areas of our Jewish heritage and our love for the club, and we're excited to work together with Arsenal to celebrate our identity. It was brilliant to bring so many of us together to officially launch our group. It was a proud moment when we saw our banner inside the Emirates for the first time. Around 70 supporters attended the launch event, including Arsenal CEO Vinay Venkatesham, club legend Perry Groves, and Lord John Mann, the UK government's independent adviser on anti-Semitism. Matchday memories with Sportsbet.io For each home game this season, thanks to our official betting partner, Sportsbet.io, part of Yellow Group, a lucky supporter has been selected to receive two complimentary match tickets. Last season, Sportsbet.io provided Josh, a lifetime supporter, with a pair of tickets to use all season long. This year, they wanted to give as many fans as possible a chance to get to see us play at Emirates Stadium, which has meant a lot to some of the chosen recipients. Lauren Gresty said, Thank you so much for the tickets. It's great to attend the Emirates and forget about work plus everything else that's going on in the world for a few hours. I just enjoy watching the Arsenal, especially this season. Lizzie Carey said, It is impossible to explain the feeling we get when we are able to watch Arsenal at the Emirates. Whenever we are there, we just feel like we are home. Arjan and Jota Singh said, We are passionate and lifelong Arsenal fans. There is honestly nothing better than getting to see games live at the Emirates and experiencing the wonderful atmosphere. Jeanette Cook said, There's nothing quite like seeing an Arsenal game at the Emirates. To see the team we adore, to hear the roar of the crowd, to be a part of the game. It's exciting, nerve-wracking and priceless. Joe McCallum, Director of Gaming at Yolo Group, said, At sportsbet.io, we're thrilled to bring unforgettable experiences to Arsenal supporters. Seeing the joy on the faces of supporters like Lauren Lizzie, Arjan and Jota and Jeanette reminds us why we are passionate about gaming and entertainment. We look forward to continuing to provide these special moments for fans. Arsenal Philippines star in the Club Supporters League The Philippines' first ever Club Supporters League Summer Cup was held earlier this month at the Palms Arena in Quezon City, 
and our supporters club did us proud against LFC Philippines, Man United Philippines and Peña Madridista Filipinas. It was an intense competition on a humid summer day, starting with three preliminary rounds of consecutive eight-a-side matches. Arsenal Philippines reached the final, ultimately finishing runners-up after losing one nil to LFC Philippines in a close battle. Emirates goes fully digital. Download your digital pass in a few simple steps. Secure, fast and easy to use, your digital pass is an electronic version of your physical membership card which enables you to scan into Emirates Stadium using your phone. Get ready for next season where entry into Emirates Stadium will be via digital pass only. If you haven't already, you will need to 1. Download the Arsenal official app to your smartphone. 2. Log in to the app using your seven-digit membership number and click on your profile. 3. Click on the digital pass icon and follow the steps for download. 4. Open your Apple or Google wallet to check your digital pass is saved. Scan the QR code in the print version of the program on page 15 today for more information, plus step-by-step guides on downloading to iPhone and Android. NMR Shirts for Young Role Models The No More Red initiative launched in January 2022 with Adidas to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference. And this afternoon... KC and Tony will become the latest recipients of our special No More Red shirts. KC is a very driven 14-year-old who is passionate about creating safe spaces in the community for other young people and coaching them to develop new and existing skills. Due to his passion for football and sports as a whole, during the summer he took part in a sports leadership programme involving training and coaching other young people. He built on these skills by volunteering at Cornwallis Adventure Playground, ensuring that other young people who attended were able to access and enjoy the activities. Casey also attends fire cadets, and believes this has been instrumental in the development of his own confidence and personal skills. He is an advocate for the fire cadets, encouraging other young people to get involved. He is a fantastic role model for other young people in his community. Tony has been working as a young creative at All Change since 2019. In her role... Tony co-produces community arts projects alongside professional artists, including Be Creative, an arts activism project for young women aged 16 to 25, and Mums the Word, a creative podcast project for mums aged 25 plus in Islington. Through All Change, Tony supports local young people and families to get involved in community arts activities, especially those who might not usually get the chance to. She is a positive representative for local people, ensuring that their voices are heard throughout the planning and delivery of All Change's projects. In her time with All Change, Tony has gained a Gold Arts Award, a Level 3 qualification, 
and she has supported the delivery of many community events and projects, including Enough, a zine created by local young women using poetry, photography and illustration to respond to the world we live in, and which was launched at a special event at the Emirates Stadium in December 2022. Tony is from Islington and loves everything. Were you here with Reese? Were you in the crowd when Reese Nelson scored his last-minute screamer against Bournemouth? If so, did you record the joyous celebrations on your phone? BBC radio producer Mark Berman would like to hear from you for a forthcoming documentary on how the club and fans brought the noise. Email mark.berman at bbc.co.uk Pre-Academy team help sports Vista project. The role of the club's pre-academy leadership team is to recruit and develop players from six to eight years old. The team set out to ensure players have fun, but also maximise their development up to the point of signing with the club's academy for the under-9s group, who will be welcomed on the pitch today. They have recently helped a project called Sporting Club Vista, a grassroots club in South London set up by a group of like-minded young coaches who look to provide a positive experience of playing football and developing as young men. Sadly, one of their coaches was fatally stabbed last December, which has had a huge impact on the coaches, players and parents who knew the coach well. As part of the No More Red initiative, the pre-academy leadership team have engaged with Sporting Club Vista, along with Emil Smith-Rowe's dad, Les. The leadership team have attended and coached sessions, giving SVP access to Hale End, and talked through ways to help them build on what they do. The project was great fun for all involved, and two children have made such progress that they are now training with our development squad. Also, one of the Sporting Club Vista coaches has decided to consider a career in scouting after spending time at Hale End. We would like to thank the pre-academy leadership team for delivering such an impactful project to a sports club directly affected by knife crime. Four of the team, Mark Rivers, Mark Heyman, Andy Gibbons and Ben Roberts, pictured in the print version of the programme, will be receiving no more red shirts at today's game. Arsenal remembers. David Platt, 1963-2023, to sadly passed away on January the 22nd. Loving husband, father of four daughters, and grandfather to Stevie Sunshine. Lifelong gooner and season ticket holder for decades. He'll be watching down on the boys in red. Yamas. Winifred Rose Leach. In loving memory of Winifred Rose Leach, born February 6, 1934, passed away February 15, 2023, a lifelong Arsenal fan. Paul Henry Savage, Ginger, a lifelong Arsenal supporter, Paul died aged 57 on May 12, 2023. A very kind and caring son, brother, brother-in-law and uncle, Paul will be very much missed by everyone. Clive Stuart Lang and Maureen Francis Lang. Clive passed away on November the 5th, 2022, and his beloved wife Maureen on February the 9th, 2023. 
mad keen Arsenal fans, like the whole family. Maureen became famous in a BBC Three TV documentary, Truly Madly Wembley, when the cameras filmed at the couple's house as they watched the 2015 FA Cup final. They will be greatly missed by all of their family and many friends. Jason Kiriakides, a.k.a. Jason K., DJ and music producer, has sadly passed at the age of 54. Jason was a huge music influencer, a devoted husband to his wife Dylan, and a massive Arsenal fan. He loved many and was loved by many, and will be remembered and missed forevermore. Gabriel Eduardo McColgan Hernandez died February the 4th, 2023. Little Angel Gabby Edu, G. Edu 24, forever in our hearts. Love, Mami Karina y Daddy Mark. Dave Bankster, 1970 to 2023. He will be deeply missed by his partner Denise, his family and friends. His final whistle has blown, but the memory of him lives on. Dave Rawson, in loving memory of Dave Rawson, whose life was tragically taken on May the 5th, a lifelong Arsenal supporter who will be dearly missed by all who knew him. Tom Rogers, 1986-2023, a passionate Arsenal fan, Tom spent quality time with friends and family supporting the Gunners. Sadly, his final whistle was blown far, far too early. Reginald Ranchford, sadly passed away on April the 9th, 2023. A lifelong supporter, he often travelled from Kent to watch his beloved Arsenal. He will be very much missed by all his family. Derek Dell Eakins, August the 11th, 1953 to May the 12th, 2023. From London and an avid Arsenal fan, Dell moved to America but never missed a match, wearing his Arsenal shirts proudly. He shared his love for Arsenal with his American friends who watched along with him and became fans. Fittingly enough, his last time watching TV was an Arsenal match. Les Welland passed away March the 12th, aged 79. A lifelong Arsenal fan, born and raised in Hackney, Les passed his love of the club on to his children and grandchildren. Match days will never be the same without you. Thank you for the memories. Abe Magius, always kind, positive, generous and great company. A gentleman loved and greatly missed by his Block 3 friends and all his Arsenal family. Luis Agostinelli, 1990-2023, passed away on Friday, March the 3rd, after a long battle with leukaemia. Loving friend, son and fiancé, he will be sorely missed. A dedicated gunner, he absolutely loved this club and it got him through some of his toughest battles, as did Spurs losing. He will be thought of during every game. Thomas, Tommy, Savage, passed away suddenly but peacefully in the early hours of March the 25th, aged 78. Born and bred in York Way, King's Cross, Tommy first went to Highbury aged 7 in 1952 and, 71 years later, was here with his son Mark to watch the win against Bournemouth. His last match is now one of legend, like him. R.I.P. Tommy. 
Luke Cricket. In loving memory of Luke Cricket, always an Arsenal fan, his last game was watching us beat Man United at the Emirates. Gerald Norman Allen, lifelong Arsenal fan who sadly passed away on January 5, 2023. Tony Lewis, a lifelong supporter who travelled all around Europe supporting his beloved Gunners. Tony leaves a son, daughter, five grandchildren and many friends. Sonita Govind, a loving mother and passionate Arsenal fan who followed Arsenal through thick and thin. She showed great courage throughout her battle and never stopped smiling. Sonita was one of a kind and will be truly missed by her son Jordan, friends and family. R.I.P. Norman Idris Harvey, lifelong Arsenal supporter who passed away on April 19, 2023 after a short illness. He will be greatly missed by his family and many friends. Samuel Edward Conway, 21st of December 1930 to 21st of April 2023. Devoted Arsenal supporter from a young age and long-standing gold member. R.I.P. Eddie, gone but always in our hearts. From Angie Moore and family. Jared William Brown, born August 12, 1985, passed away peacefully at home in Australia on May 5, 2022. Dearly loved partner of Claire, a much-loved daddy of Jack, treasured son of Narell and Russell, loved brother of Lachlan, and brother-in-law of Leah, and avid Arsenal supporter. One year on, Jared is greatly missed by family, friends and his TSA work family. Toby Hayward Sears, in loving memory of lifelong gunner and Block 19 regular Toby Hayward Sears, who died on his 27th birthday on April 28, 2023. Age 9, he was an Arsenal mascot, coming on with Paul Davis and the FA Cup for the BBC Pitch Perfect Community Concert at Wembley, and he never looked back. He sought out Arsenal supporters around the world, carrying his encyclopedic knowledge and love for the club with him everywhere he went. Peter and Joseph Haywood Edward Terence Hutt February the 9th, 1949 to March the 3rd, 2023 A proud gunner who will be greatly missed by all of his family and friends. Kenneth Hagland Lifelong fan who passed away on April the 1st, 2023, aged 87. Born in Islington, he grew up on the terraces from the age of 10 and played football well into his 60s. A talented goalkeeper who had trials for Leighton Orient, he was a season ticket holder for many years back in the 70s and 80s, and then I had mine from 2007, but in between that, we often applied for tickets for games. Arsenal was a huge part of his life, which he passed on to his family. He will be missed by everyone who knew him. Zachary Ryan Rausch On April 8th, the Arsenal fan community lost one of their biggest fans, Zachary Ryan Rausch, aged 37. His love for the Arsenal will live on through his boys, Aidan and Gavin. Alan Lipman Goodbye to our amazing dad who passed away recently aged 93. Loving father, brother and uncle. A lifelong fan for over 80 years, he literally saw it all. 13 league titles, 14 FA Cups, 2 League Cups, 16 Community Shields, 2 European Trophies 
and 72 victories over Spurs, a true Arsenal legend. Peter Weatherly, a wonderful dad and grandpa, lifelong Arsenal fan, so sadly missed, but never forgotten. Dennis Sheehan, lifelong Gunner, sadly passed away May the 3rd, 2023. Loving husband, father and grandfather, Den will always be remembered and never forgotten. Dennis Roy Rogers, lifelong supporter who passed away on April 17, 2023, aged 73. He will be greatly missed by all of his family and friends. Ian McDougall. When Ian heard the final whistle on April 6, 2023, Arsenal were top of the table. There'll be other years for Arsenal, but not for Ian. Neil Williamson. In loving memory of Neil Williamson, a passionate Arsenal supporter, Neil was a season ticket holder with his dad, Geert, and they enjoyed many trips to the Emirates together, in search of fans from the 1990s. We always like to help supporters where we can, and we've had an interesting request from John Sills, who writes, In 1998, inspired by the arrival of several international superstars, I wrote to the Arsenal magazine to list my details in their pen pal section. Over the next two years, as the magazine made its way around the world, I received 22 replies, from Germany to Ghana, Antwerp to Zimbabwe. Clearly, WKD Blue became more interesting than writing, as shamefully I didn't reply to any of them. Two years ago, my mum passed away, and I found all 22 letters in her loft. The guilt took hold, and I thought, what if I tried to track them all down? So that's what I'm doing. Armed with only their names and addresses from 25 years ago, I'm trying to find these shamefully spurned supporters. I have listed the eight from the UK. If you know them, or are them, or think you might be able to help with those in other countries, please go to overlandandseabook.com or scan the QR code in the print version of this programme on page 17 and get in touch. They are Danielle Burns, Dagenham, Jenna Robertson, Norwich, Paul Murphy, Enfield, Natalie Lord, Hackney, Karen Sini, South Benfleet, Nicola Brooks, Bristol, Ruth Poganowski, Waltham Abbey, Liz, Bristol. Admittedly, this one is as likely as a John Jensen goal. Notice board. Totalizer, £800. Happy 70th birthday to Vic Wright, a legendary figure around the Arsenal who's worked for the club in the past and has been a tireless supporter of Arsenal Football Club Supporters Club on St Thomas's Road for many years. Have a great day, Vic. Happy 80th birthday to lifelong Gunnar, Howard Lamb. We are very proud to say your name. Love, Natalie, Marcia, Paolo, Paul, Daniel and Kerry. Happy ninth birthday to massive Arsenal fan Miles. Love from all your family and friends. Happy belated 23rd birthday, Cody Bradford. Love, Uncle Mike, Aunt Sarah and Lily Bird. Congratulations to Alfie and Jess on the birth of their second gooner, Lottie Rose Hobbs. Happy 21st birthday, Jake D'Souza, best wishes, mum and dad. Happy 40th birthday, Reich, we all love you lots. Love mum, dad, Harry, Sass, Tom, Bethan, 
Louis and Buddy. To Bella, we hope you enjoyed your first game here at the Emirates. Love Daddy, Becky and Lola. Happy 60th birthday, Franco Sidoli. Love all your family and friends at Arsenal. Happy 70th birthday to Colin Shipston. From his three children and four grandchildren, who he inspired to support the Gunners too. Happy 50th birthday, Giovanni Palumbo Give. Enjoy the Wolves game, and here's to next season. C-O-R-G, love L. Happy 4th birthday to the football mad Arlo on June 23rd. Have a great day, little man. Lots of love from your big brother, Albie, Daddy, Mommy and Bump. A warm welcome to Hugo Sebastian Tweeney and a belated happy birthday from all your family and friends. Happy 70th birthday to lifelong Arsenal supporter Barry Clark, born on June 28th, 1953. May your day be filled with love and happiness. Happy 21st birthday to Josh Cohen. Much love from Mum, Dad and all the family. C-O-R-G. Happy 13th birthday to Jack Walton, with love from Nanny, Beda and Auntie Angela. A big Emirates welcome to Aidan, 13, Charlie, 11 and Alice, 7, here today with their dad, John, C-O-R-G. Happy 60th birthday, Craig Norman, lifelong gooner and best dad ever. Have an amazing day. Love Gemma, Louise and Sue. Happy 6th birthday to Harry Morrison, an Arsenal fanatic from Northern Ireland. Love from all his family and friends. Happy belated 17th birthday from Friday to Hannah Bamsey. Enjoy the game today. Lots of love, Mum, Dad and Ethan. Welcome, baby, Ruadan Miramadi. Your dad and brothers Robert and Olsen can't wait for you to join them on the North Bank. Wishing Mark a very happy 60th birthday with love, Jennifer, family, friends, Dover and fellow Gooners. Happy 40th birthday, James. Daddy, we love you millions. Love Bex, Ethan, Finley and Liv. Daniel Waite, we're so proud of the man you are. Good season to turn 50. This season is for you and Dave. Happy 80th birthday to the ledge, Tony Fisher. 70 plus years of fever pitch, spielschers and elation. Much love always, M. Great granddad, granddad, father, and now son, the Arsenal lives on, George David Everson. To my very special wife, Tina, your courage and strength has been truly amazing. You have been so brave on the toughest of days, which has made me very proud. Today is a special time for us to celebrate and create happy memories. Max and Jeremiah, thank you for being the most generous Gunners from home and away games. I am officially a superfan. Love, Julie. Happy 15th birthday to Dexter Welton. Love from Nanny Bida and Auntie Angela. Meet the mascots. Please make sure you put your hands together for today's mascots. Representing Arsenal this afternoon is Joseph, age 12, from Broxbourne in Hertfordshire, while the Wolves mascot is Oliver, aged 8, from Wombourne, Staffordshire. We hope you both have a great day. Welcome, John. We are delighted to welcome John Ryder to this afternoon's match as a special guest of the club. 
John recently did his LinkedIn proud by taking boxing legend Saul Canelo Alvarez the distance in their super middleweight clash in Canelo's hometown of Guadalajara, Mexico. Although John lost the bout on points, it was a valiant effort against one of the all-time greats, especially after being knocked down in the fifth round. Enjoy the game, John. Arsenal remembers. It has become tradition for the club to compile the names of all those supporters we have been informed passed away during the season onto a bespoke cannon motif. This season, we have been contacted by the loved ones of significantly more supporters than previous years, many of whom will have featured as obituaries in the programme. Therefore, we have created three cannons, all of which will be shown on the big screens at the game today. The cannons also feature on this page. However, in order for supporters to be able to look at the intricate artwork in greater depth, we recommend you scan the QR code supplied in the print version of the programme, enabling you to download each cannon. Once again, the club would like to extend sincere sympathies to the friends and families of all those supporters of Arsenal Football Club who have passed away over the course of 2022-23. to Once a gunner, always a gunner. Sustainability. The project grows. This has been a great season for Arsenal and a brilliant one down in Bore, Kenya for the Arsenal Forest. Two seasons into our scheme, a total of 28,000 neem trees have been funded and planted. 5,400 by 120 generous Arsenal supporters and the balance paid for by the club as we continue to offset all carbon emissions created during the production of the Match Day programme. But it's not just clean air we are creating in Kenya, we are changing lives too. Since creating the Arsenal Forest with our partners Carbon Link Forest, a total of 443 local Kenyan people have benefited directly from the project, either through a wide range of employment, entrepreneurship support or the provision of football kit. Arsenal have become an important part of local society. We even fund the local Neem Cup football tournament that drew crowds of up to 500 avid supporters. The Boré Lions men's team play in Arsenal kit provided by the club, as do the Boré Lionesses. The women's team set up just this season, inspired both by the opportunity to play in the Neem Cup and the exploits of Arsenal women. National exposure for the project has sparked increased interest in tree planting and Neem seedlings are now in particular demand with local schools and farmers. We will continue to support the region and add to our 28,000 trees. Our forest now covers the equivalent of 15 football pitches. See you next season, when the trees will be three months taller. Unsung Heroes I am a big fan of we, for it is only if we all take action that we can actually achieve something incredible. But maybe sometimes we doesn't quite fit. Sometimes it is the people within the collective who should be talked about and highlight the actions that they take. So instead of a we, it is a he, she, they, them who I will talk about. Let's start with some of our amazing cleaning team. 
I have previously talked about the work that is done behind the scenes to make the waste management as efficient and effective as possible. After every game, a team of unsung heroes work to remove any recyclable materials from our general waste stream. It's a job that sets us apart from the rest, and it is a job that is vital in dealing with the waste from an Emirates match day. The beautiful wild flowers that will soon frame our training centre in a sea of colour must be sown, tended and loved. We are blessed by some incredibly talented and passionate gardeners and ground staff. Paul, Andy, Mick and all the grounds and pitch management teams across all our sites don't just worry about the pitches, but provide a natural haven for animals and humans to enjoy. And while we are on the subject of nature, it seems only right to tip our hat to the man on the ground at our Arsenal Forest, Rue, who has tirelessly provided us with superb photography and endless information about our project in Boré. He even creates every single certificate that is sent out to fans who have purchased their own little bit of Arsenal in Africa. The project has exceeded all of our expectations, no small part because of Rue. Michael Lloyd, Sustainability Manager They mean business. Out in Boré, the Lionesses are not only representing Arsenal as the first women's football team in the town, they are also busy trying to create a business. The team have proposed they set up a store at a local trading post, where they can sell vegetables and other foodstuffs, under the guidance of Mike Jeffwa, who works on the Arsenal Forest project. They are creating a formal proposal and hope to use a small sum of money from the Arsenal Forest budget. Recently, a meeting was held where many local people showed great interest in the cooperative business venture and put forward their views. With the store initially to be run by the Lionesses, the great interest from other young girls means it looks like we may have a reserve team before long. What a sight! Remember to keep checking in to the official website to read all about the club's sustainability efforts at arsenal.com forward slash sustainability. We are now showcasing our environmental projects, many of which appeared in the Matchday programme. But there's lots of other interesting content on there too. We'll continue working on sustainability and we'll continue to update the site over the summer. You know where to go. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest. More than 28,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. We want to expand our 12.5 acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code in the programme for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Player Feature Inspirational Odegaard
we speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. The skipper tells us about how his dad's own career as a professional footballer helped shape his journey. From the moment Martin Odegaard was born, he has been surrounded by footballing influences and inspirations. His dad, Hans-Erik Odegaard, was a professional footballer himself, mainly at the club where Martin started his own career, Stromgotset, in his hometown of Drammen. And it didn't take long for Odegaard Sr.'s love of football to be passed down a generation. Martin says he was kicking a ball at home from the moment I could walk, and that ever since he can remember, he was either playing football or watching it on TV, which goes some way towards explaining how Martin would become a child prodigy, breaking Norway's record for the youngest player ever to appear for the national team, aged just 15, back in 2014. It felt inevitable that he would follow in his father's footsteps into the sport, although nobody could have foreseen quite how his career would unfold. It's always been football for me, Martin says. My mum and dad told me I was running around kicking a ball when I was a baby, as soon as I could walk. Basically, it was always football. I never did any other sports. It was just football for me all the time. I had a very clear idea what I wanted from the very beginning. Having a real-life example of a professional footballer in the house while he was growing up obviously gave him a good head start over his peers. Although not a full international himself, Hans was a regular for Stromgotset for 10 years, making 200 appearances, including in the 1993 and 1997 Norwegian Cup finals. He left for Sandefjord in 2004, when Martin was just five years old, and once again made it to the Norwegian Cup final in 2006, although he was an unused sub that day. My father was obviously a big inspiration for me, Martin says. He was a professional himself and I trained a lot with him, so of course that's where my interest in football came from. My uncle played a bit of football as well, but he retired early. On my mum's side as well, she was into sport, but more like track and field and handball. So there was always sport within the family, but the football side was mainly from my dad. I remember I went to watch some of his games when I was growing up, Martin adds. I think the first time I ever went to watch a game in a stadium was one of my dad's games. He was playing in the top division in Norway and I was quite young at the time, maybe five or six years old. But I remember going to those games to watch him. I was born and grew up in Drammen, but he actually moved to a new club when I was really young, so I don't remember him playing as much for the club in Drammen. He moved to a team called Sanderfjord, and I would go and watch him there. It was about an hour from home. Then he retired when I was not too old, so I didn't see too many of his games, but I went to all the games I could. Martin's dad was a box-to-box running midfielder, says Odegaard Jr., more of a hard-working, battling type of player. After three seasons with Sanderfjord, Hans moved into coaching, and it was then that the father-son relationship evolved into coach-player. He was assistant coach for a second division team in Norway, and he trained me there, Martin recalls. We would train a bit together after the sessions as well, so I spent a lot of time with him, training and doing individual work too. So, what were the main early pieces of advice he can remember receiving from Hans the coach? 
I think the main thing I learned from him was the work ethic and to always train hard. I've always been someone who wanted to train a lot because I love playing football and from a young age. I always had this idea in my head that I wanted to be the best. I wanted to train more than the others because I knew that would make me better. So the main thing was the work ethic. To always work hard and to train more than everyone else was the main thing. Having a coach around the house 24/7 was obviously hugely beneficial for Martin's early development, but so too was a convenient bit of timing. Near to where the Odegaards lived in the port city of Drammen, not far from Oslo in the south of Norway, was a gravel football pitch, and when Martin was just 6 years old, it was developed to become a high-quality artificial surface, much needed when the average temperatures in December and January are below 0. All my friends played football and we had this little pitch next to where I lived. They built it when I was 6 or 7 years old and they started a small club there, Drammen Strong. We started off there playing 5 against 5 or 7 against 7. So that club started when I was the right age and I was pretty lucky in that way. At that time everyone just started playing football, so football was the only thing I did basically. It's always been there, the love. It's always been there. Of course, I've had some tough moments during my career, but I've never lost the motivation or lost interest. It has never been like that. Martin progressed from Drammen Strong to join Stromgodset in 2009, age 10, and from then his career catapulted. He was one of the star players in a nationwide under-16 tournament when he was 12, and made his first team debut the following year in a friendly against Mjøndalen. the club at which his father was assistant manager at the time in january 2015 at the age of 16 he joined real madrid in a high profile big money move hans also joined madrid's coaching staff at the same time after 6 years at mjondelen this new dynamic was not without its hitches as martin explains he was my coach when i was young and then i got other coaches but he would always still tell me things of course and maybe be a bit different to the other coaches sometimes that could be annoying because he wasn't actually my coach anymore he says laughing but i realized it always came from a good place because he just wanted what was the best for me all dads are like that i suppose but it was different for my dad though because he knew a lot about football and the advice he gave me was normally very good As you get older, you want to have your own ideas and make your own reflections, but it was okay and it worked out. Hans left Madrid a couple of years later, and in 2021, when his son Martin made his move to Arsenal permanent, he took his first managerial job back at Sandefjord, where he had finished his playing career. The club was only founded 24 years ago, a couple of months before Martin was born in fact. and are currently 13th in the top flight of Norwegian football. It means we don't see too much of each other now, our captain reveals. He has his own team, so he is quite busy with that. We speak on the phone though, and of course he follows my career and I try to follow his team as well. And have the roles been reversed yet? Does Odegaard senior ask his son for advice or insider tips from what's happening in North London? Martin laughs again. Sometimes he asks me about what we are doing in training, how we do things at Arsenal, he says. He has asked a few times, so maybe he wants some secrets from what we do. 
As captain of the club and, of course, the Norway national team, Martin says he is used to this growing duty of being a role model himself, and he enjoys being the one to impart the advice. Still only 24 years of age, he is already vastly experienced, with more than 100 Arsenal appearances to his name and 49 caps. Yet, rather than finding his leadership role a burden, he says the responsibility sits comfortably on his shoulders. I think it's okay, he says with a shrug. I'm just trying to be myself, and I don't think about that side of it too much. But I do know that there are young people watching you too, so you have to think about what you do, what you are saying, and things like that. You have to be careful with what you post on social media and so on. It's true I want to be a good role model for young kids and hopefully be someone they can look up to and, if possible, learn from as well. All footballers have to think about this, of course, but for me it's not a big problem because I'm just trying to be myself, he adds. I'm aware that people are watching what you do and how you do it, and of course you have a responsibility there. I just want to be myself. Minutes detail. Since the start of the Premier League in 1992-93, Arsenal have scored more than 2,000 goals. In this series, we chose one memorable goal per minute, and to conclude our rundown, we go to the 90th minute, including injury time, featuring not one but two Tony Adams classics. Mikel Arteta, Arsenal 1, Manchester City 0, April 8, 2012. Arsenal Football Club Premier League goals in the 87th minute, 19. A cracking goal to seal all three points against Manchester City, seemingly ending their title hopes and lifting us into third place. We'd hit the woodwork twice and had two efforts cleared off the line, but it looked as though we would end up being frustrated by Roberto Mancini's men. That was until Mikel Arteta, approaching the end of his first season with us, Stole in to nick the ball from Claudio Pizarro midway inside the city half. The midfielder strode forward, then unleashed a right footed effort from 10 yards outside the box that flew past Joe Hart, low inside the upright. It meant City were eight points behind Manchester City at the top, with six matches remaining, but they would go on to clinch the title in dramatic fashion with a win over QPR on the final day of the season. Tony Adams, Arsenal 3. Tottenham Hotspur 1. November 24, 1996. Arsenal Football Club Premier League goals in the 88th minute, 28. This is the first of two consecutive crashing volleys on the list, both scored by Tony Adams, both in front of the North Bank, and both scored by his left foot. With the score locked at 1 1 in the fervent Derby atmosphere under the lights at Highbury, up stepped the captain. With time running out, He strode into the penalty area, looking to get on the end of a throw in, but instead he left the ball for Dennis Bergkamp, who flicked it superbly for Adams to hit first time on the volley, just outside the angle of the six yard box. His first goal against our local rivals since he headed the winner in the 1993 FA Cup semi final. Bergkamp later sealed the points with a memorable third to earn Arsene Wenger victory in his first North London derby. Tony Adams, Arsenal 4, Everton 0. May 3, 1998. Arsenal Football Club Premier League goals in the 89th minute, 
the goal that put the seal on our first Premier League title. Needing one win from our final three games, this was our last chance to clinch the championship at Highbury. On a glorious North London afternoon, the result was barely in question after Slaven Bilic's sixth-minute own goal. Mark Overmars scored either side of half-time, but it was left to the skipper to provide the coup de grace. Steve Bold clipped a wonderful pass over the static Everton defence for Adams to chest into his path on the edge of the box, then smash home left-footed. I've got some great memories, but that's probably the best, said Mr Arsenal himself. Dennis Bergkamp, Leicester City 3, Arsenal 3, August 27th, 1997. Arsenal Football Club Premier League goals in the 90th minute and injury time, 134. My favourite goal for Arsenal is how Dennis Bergkamp described this unforgettable last-minute strike at Leicester City early in the 1997-98 double season. I had in my mind what I wanted to happen, and it worked out exactly, Dennis explains. When the ball came over from Platy, I had in my mind to control it. Then luckily the ball stayed in the air, so I flicked it round the defender and then finished, and that was the idea. It all just came together. The movement and the control. It was duly voted goal of the month on BBC's match of the day. In fact, that month remains the only time one player claimed the top three spots in that competition. The only thing it didn't win was the game, as Leicester scored an even later equaliser, deeper into injury time, to make it 3-all, after we'd led 2-0 with six minutes remaining. Community Voice Project Premier League Kicks Established 2006 Participants since starting 10,000 plus. Weekly participants 350 plus. Sessions Monday to Saturday. Available to boys and girls aged 8 to 18. More information? Email Jack Ironside at jironside at arsenal.co.uk. Alfie, 24, is from Islington and has come through various Arsenal in the community projects to become a coach for Premier League kicks. I joined the Arsenal student BTEC programme after I left school and I studied for two years before progressing to the Gap Year programme. I am now a casual staff member, coaching on a variety of community projects, including Arsenal's Premier League kicks programme. Football has played a huge part in my life, whether I was playing or watching it, and Arsenal has played such a big part of that just from being a fan and watching games with my dad, uncle and granddad, so it felt right to be involved with the club. I've been a participant in Arsenal's community project since my primary school. I have had several first days at Arsenal, all seemingly daunting at first, but the people in and among the Arsenal in the community team really made me feel welcome and that I was part of something special. Two events during my time with Arsenal really stand out, the first being part of the Adidas No More Red campaign with Ian Wright and local artist Stasi, where we designed a mural for the Rosemary Gardens pitch, and I was presented with a white shirt in recognition of my part in it. The second real highlight was taking participants to the National Kicks Cup and watching our team win the London Regional Tournament. 
I've met most of my closest friends through my time studying and working at Arsenal, and I owe a lot of my progress as a professional and a person to three people from Arsenal. My Arsenal tutors, Martin and Tony, allowed me to really see myself as someone who can make a difference through my coaching, giving me a platform to build my confidence throughout. Then there's Anthony, who I've worked for on the Kicks programme and who trusted me with responsibility and allowed me to grow through my work. All three have given me so many great opportunities. As a person, I have gained skills in patience, listening and communication through studying and working at the club, all of which have been a massive help in my career progression. I'm two years into my teaching degree in primary education with a view to specialise in behaviour management in schools. The biggest surprise I got while working on the Kicks programme was how much we can learn from each other, no matter who you are or what you do. The conversations I have in and around sessions with participants, parents or members of the community are always enriching and I rarely have dull days with people I interact with. Being part of Arsenal means being part of something that links us all under one big umbrella of pride for our community. Arsenal's connection has given me the feeling that every time I leave my house, I'm even more proud to be part of a community that's investing time into our next generation. Foundation Voice. The Arsenal Foundation has helped to fund School Home Support, a charity that works with schools and local authorities to provide personalised support to children and families in an attempt to remove barriers to a successful education. Vanessa Henry is their practitioner at Grafton Primary School. I live in Newham, but grew up and studied in and around North London, including Islington. I'm a practitioner with school home support, which means I engage with families, offer support with persistent absence and try to help in any areas that families struggle with to minimise the risk of absence. I currently work at Grafton Primary School. Before this, I'd been working my way to becoming a probation officer and I had also worked as an attendance officer for a primary school. I've always loved working with young people and families and I deeply understand the importance of attending school and the impact of missing out. I experienced struggles similar to the families I work with on a daily basis, so I felt I could truly empathise. I want to support them to become more resilient. I became a mum at a young age and began a journey into education much later as an adult. In 2022, I graduated with a degree in education and at the same time my daughter graduated with a degree in law. I found that Grafton has a community spirit which embodies a similar approach to school home support's whole family support way of helping families. My role is to ensure I have an open communication with the child and parents to gain a perspective from both sides. Then I help establish the whole picture and tailor an individualised plan of support. I attend coffee mornings, which are a relaxing way to speak with parents and identify their needs. There's one boy who had a shocking baseline attendance of 67%. I met his mum and was able to help identify her needs and the impact they were having on her son's attendance. She's a single parent, 
lacking confidence in her abilities and struggling to set boundaries. In many ways, I could relate to her story and understand her need for emotional support. I believe my role as a practitioner is to help understand the barriers the families face, but also to empower parents and encourage their abilities to support their child's learning. With the children, I take a slightly different approach. I observe their behaviour in the playground and introduce myself slowly before interacting one-on-one. I'm currently putting together a lunchtime club to help provide a safe space to interact with and further support the children and answer their needs. I've worked with lots of families struggling with the cost of living and have supported them in various ways, such as organising a book club where children can swap books and interact with friends. The pandemic has already taken out a huge chunk of their learning and love for reading, so this was a great opportunity to invite the children to see books and readings as a treat and not a chore. For more info, visit schoolhomesupport.org.uk. Around the academy, young gunners go international. A number of Arsenal Academy players have been called up to play for their countries at various tournaments this summer. Firstly, Brooke Norton Cuffey has been selected by England for this summer's Under-20 World Cup in Argentina. The defender, who spent this season on loan at Coventry City, joined up with the Young Lions after their championship playoff final against Luton Town yesterday. Alexei Rojas Fedoroshenko, Marquinhos and Ismail Ulad Mahand will also be present at the tournament representing Colombia, Brazil and Morocco respectively. Elsewhere, Ethan Luaneri and Lewis Miles Skelly are away with England taking part in their European Under-17 Championships campaign. Our academy duo are regulars for the Young Lions, with Ethan instrumental in their qualification for the finals in Hungary by netting six goals in six games, while Miles also featured in every match and found the net once. The Arsenal pair have started the campaign in top form by helping the Young Lions claim back-to-back group wins, with Ethan scoring the winner in the opening group game against Croatia and Miles netting first in the 4-1 win over the Netherlands. Keep up to date with their progress at arsenal.com. Loneys get to Wembley. Teenage fullback Brooke Norton Cuffey was at Wembley Stadium yesterday as part of the Coventry City team taking on Luton Town in the Championship playoff final. Norton Cuffey played 79 minutes for the Sky Blues as they beat Middlesbrough in the semi-finals second leg to book their place in the playoff for a place in the Premier League next season. Unfortunately, there was heartbreak at Wembley for Tim Akinola and his Chesterfield teammates, who narrowly missed out on promotion to League Two via the National League playoff final. The Spyrites lost 4-2 on penalties to Notts County with Akinola coming off the bench in the final few moments of normal time and completing the whole of extra time. Arsenal under-13s hold on to Premier League National Cup. Our under-13s have capped their season in superb fashion by retaining the Premier League National Cup. Having won the competition last year, the squad showed great determination and professionalism to repeat the feat. The Gunners kicked off their campaign by beating Brighton, Crystal Palace and Fulham in the initial group stage. We started the tournament well by thrashing the Seagulls 6-0, but our second fixture against a very talented and well-coached Crystal Palace team proved to be our most testing group match. 
Arsenal were losing 3-1 with eight minutes to go, but showed excellent mentality to salvage a point with two late goals, and then went on to top the group by beating Fulham 2-0. The young Gunners were drawn to face Derby County in the quarter-final, and then produced a fine team performance to win 6-1. That set up a semi-final rematch with Crystal Palace. And in a cagier affair than the group game, we broke the deadlock late on to seal a 1-0 victory. The final was held at Loughborough University and pitted Arsenal against Manchester United, who had beaten the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City to win the North region of the National Cup. We took the lead after two minutes through Jaden Ober, and just before half-time, keeper Jack Tomlin saved a penalty to preserve our lead going into the break. The Gunners doubled their advantage late in the second half to become national champions again. The victory was a symbol of all the hard work this talented group of players has consistently put in throughout the season, supported by coaches Josh Hinkson, Ruben Lozano and Felipe Jabel. Congratulations to all the players in the cup-winning squad. Jack Tomlin, Alex Zanichi, Ellis Foster-Jones, Ifrahim Osayande, Angelino Pedro, Elion Mabala, Asher Neal, Emerson Waneri, Cal Ficardu, Charlie Purdy, Yab Ficardu, Johanan Lotutala, Jaden Oba, Nefe Ozasi, Noah Clements, Theo Adaji Ukuku, Hakim Abu Barker, Buster Morgan, Max Dalman, Trey Grant, and Max Lopresti. Proud day for Hayland. Academy manager Per Mertesacker said that Bukayo Saka was the perfect role model as a strong young gunner after our winger signed a new contract with the club last week. Bukayo signed academy forms with us in May 2010 at the age of eight and has progressed to become one of the best players in the world over the past 13 years. Within our club, he inspires the staff, the young players and everyone to get better, said Mertesacker. He inspires not just with what he does on the pitch, but with his behaviour and what he does in the community. It's really amazing that we can show parents of young players Bukayo's pathway as an example of what we mean when we say we want to create strong young gunners. We're proud, and it's important for us that we've helped build someone within our own environment to get to the top. Arsenal Women Chelsea Take the Spoils Arsenal's brave challenge for the Women's Super League finally came to an end as Chelsea edged closer to the title with a 2-0 win over the Gunners at Kings Meadow last Sunday. But Manchester City's 2-1 defeat to their crosstown rivals later the same day put the Gunners in pole position to seal a Champions League spot ahead of yesterday's final day fixtures. Jonas Eideval's team went into the game at home to Aston Villa in third place, the final qualifying spot, three points and 11 goals better off than City. So we could be looking forward to more European football at Emirates Stadium next season, if we can negotiate the qualifying rounds in late summer. Back to Chelsea, and Leah Valti had been added to our extensive injury list after she was stretched off at Everton, following a bad tackle the previous Wednesday. The hosts, who were close to full strength, made a strong start and took the lead on 22 minutes when Guru Rayton did really well to guide a first-time shot past Manuela Zinsberger while sliding to meet the ball. 
Arsenal responded, but the Blues doubled their lead before half-time when Magdalena Eriksson scored from close range. The Gunners dominated the second half, but Katie McCabe dragged a penalty wide, and Chelsea keeper Anne-Catrin Berger fended off shots from Freedom Annam, Caitlin Ford and Jodie Taylor to keep Arsenal at bay. Young Gunner star at Euros Five Arsenal players featured as England reached the semi-final of the UEFA Women's Under-17s Euros last week. And although Katie Reid headed an equaliser, two late goals sent Spain into the final. Commiserations to Katie, Leila Harbert, Araya Dennis, Isabella Fisher and Michelle Agiamang, who was joint top scorer with four goals at the time of writing. But this will have been an invaluable experience for the future. Gunners rack up the points. Injury hit Arsenal's push for a European place took in two big and important wins before last weekend's clash with Chelsea. First up, Stina Blackstenia scored twice in the opening eight minutes as the Gunners won 4-0 at Brighton and Hove Albion on May 10th. First, she collected Katie McCabe's pass down the left before cutting inside and firing home, and two minutes later she doubled up by pouncing on a defensive mistake. Frieda Manham added a third, with a glancing header before Victoria Pelova scored her first Women's Super League goal with a crisp near-post strike to complete the scoring before half-time. Jonas Eideval's team then consolidated third place in the Women's Super League by thumping Everton 4-1 on May 17th. It took half an hour for the first goal to arrive, but then the Gunners scored four in 13 minutes. Caitlin Ford got the ball rolling by sweeping home across from Blackstenius. Then McCabe fired home one of her trademark rockets after the hosts had surrendered possession in their own half. Ford made it 3-0 when keeper Emily Ramsey tipped a Blackstenius header straight into the Australian's path. And Ludwig Moy netted her first of the season just three minutes later. Everton's Katja Snoich scored a late consolation goal. Leah Valti signs up for more. We are delighted that Leah Valti has committed her future to Arsenal by signing a new contract with the club. Leah joined us from German giants Turbine Potsdam in 2018 and has since made 129 appearances for the club. The Swiss midfielder helped us win the Women's Super League title in 2018-19 as well as the Continental Cup this season. Leah has made more than 100 appearances for Switzerland and has captained her country since 2019. She led them at Euro 2022 and is set to do the same at the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand this summer. It's a special moment for me to commit my future to Arsenal and I'm very happy and excited, said Leah. Arsenal means so much to me. It felt like home from the moment I joined and over the years I've built such a strong bond with this club and the community around it. This is an exciting time to be part of Arsenal and I want to keep making new memories with this group. Jonas Eideval added, I'm delighted that Leah is staying with us at Arsenal. She is one of the best midfielders in world football. Landmarks, awards and nominations. This has been a busy few weeks as a number of Arsenal players have had calls to celebrate. First up, Jennifer Beattie made her 150th appearance for the club in the 1-0 win over Leicester City. 
The defender, now in her second stint with the club, after six years away with Montpellier, Manchester City and Melbourne City, made her debut at the start of the 2009-10 season. Congratulations also to Manuela Zinsberger, who made her 100th appearance at Everton. Our number one, who joined from Bayern Munich in 2019, recently signed a new deal that means there should be plenty more to come. Next up, Lot Moy was named our Player of the Month for April. She bagged 35% of the fan vote ahead of Victoria Pelova and Katie McCabe, who scooped April's Women's Super League Goal of the Month award for her screamer against Manchester City. Finally, well done to Jonas Eideval and Frieda Manham, who have been nominated for the Women's Super League Manager and Player of the Season awards, respectively. Visitors, Wolverhampton Wanderers, 30 years of the Premier League, games 341, wins 101, losses 154, goals 360, goals conceded 515, seasons in the PL 8, highest position 7th, 2018-19, 2019-20, lowest position 20th, 2003-4, 2011-12. Finished in the top half, 3. Most appearances, Ruben Neves, 176. Most goals, Raul Jimenez, 40. A troubled transitional season for Wolverhampton Wanderers comes to a close this afternoon at Emirates Stadium, but it ends with the club looking forward optimistically to another Premier League campaign, their sixth in a row, in 2023-24 having successfully lifted themselves away from the relegation zone and secured safety several weeks ago. Certain to finish in the bottom half of the table, they will be eager to finish no lower than 13th, the position they occupy going into this final fixture. It is the old goals' home form that has carried them above the 40-point mark. After losing 4-2 at Molyneux to relegation rivals Leeds United in mid-March, they reeled off four successive wins at their own stadium, all with clean sheets, and were within seconds of making that five in a row last Saturday, when they conceded a last gasp equaliser against Everton to draw 1-1. Nine of Wolves' 11 Premier League wins this season, and 30 of their 41 points have been claimed at Molyneux. Away from home, on the other hand, it has been something of a struggle. Indeed, it was not until Boxing Day that Wanderers secured their first away win, 2-1 at Everton, their first league match under new head coach Julian Lopetegui, who was appointed just before the World Cup break in mid-November to replace Bruno Lager, who had been dismissed in early October, and his interim successor Steve Davis. The former Spain and Real Madrid boss was brought in to keep Wolves up, and he has duly delivered. Nevertheless, Wolves have lost their last three away fixtures, conceding ten goals in the process, including a 6-0 drubbing at Brighton and Hove Albion, and have not won on their travels since overcoming Southampton 2-1 with ten men in early February, a run of seven matches from which they have taken just two points, courtesy of 1-1 draws at Fulham and Nottingham Forest. They will be keen to end the season on a high, 
especially as they lost their home fixture against Arsenal, going down 2-0 in the final game before the World Cup. The boss, Julian Lopetegui, head coach, born Astiasu, Spain, 28th of August 1966, previously Real Vallecano, 2003, Real Madrid, B, 2008-9, Spain under-19, 2010-13, Spain under-20, 2010-14, Spain under-21, 2012-14, Porto, 2014-15, Spain, 2015-18, Real Madrid, 2018, Sevilla, 2019-22. Appointed as Wolves' new head coach last November, Julian has proved to be a sound acquisition. He joined shortly after his dismissal from Sevilla, with whom he was a Europa League winner in 2019-20, the former goalkeeper's brief spell in charge of Real Madrid having swiftly ended in October 2018. A highly successful stint with Spain's youth selections brought European titles with the under-19s and under-21s. He had 18 months in Portugal at Porto before taking charge of the senior Spain side, only to be sensationally dismissed on the eve of the 2018 World Cup. Number 8. The Skipper, Ruben Neves, Midfielder Born, Marcelos, Portugal, 13th of March 1997, previously Porto. Ruben replaced Connor Cody as Wolves' captain at the start of this season and has thrived in the role, earning the club's Player of the Year award last week. Now in the prime of his career at 26, the 39-cap Portugal international is about to complete his sixth and possibly final season at Molyneux, the first of which came in the championship in 2017-18. The crafty midfielder with the ferocious right-foot shot has scored six Premier League goals this season, his highest total in the division for a single campaign. Number 25. Between the Sticks, Dan Bentley, goalkeeper, born, Basildon, 13th of July 1993, previously Southend, Brantford, Bristol City. Recruited by Wolves as the backup goalkeeper to regular custodian Jose Sarr in January after six and a half seasons in the Championship, firstly with Brentford, then since 2019 with Bristol City, Dan was handed his Premier League debut two weeks ago in a 2 0 defeat at Old Trafford against Manchester United, then retained his place last weekend at home to Everton. The Essex-born 29-year-old was a schoolboy member of the Arsenal Academy before launching his professional career with Southend, so will be fervently hoping for another outing this afternoon. Number 23. The Lynchpin. Max Kilman, defender. Born, Chelsea, 23rd of May 1997. Previously, Welling, Maidenhead, Marlow on loan. A former non-league defender whose main claim to fame was the 25 caps he won for England's futsal team, Max joined Wolves from National League outfit Maidenhead in 2018. His progress under former boss Nuno was relatively slow, but the tall defender came of age last season under Bruno Lager and had played every minute of the current Premier League campaign until he was rested by Julian Lopetegui for last weekend's home fixture against Everton. The current vice-captain of the club, he made his 100th appearance against Chelsea last month. Number 22. On the right, Nelson Semedo. 
Defender, born Lisbon, Portugal, 16th of November 1993. Previously, Sintrenza, Benfica, Fatima, Lone, Barcelona. One of nine Portuguese players in the Wolves squad, Nelson joined in September 2020 when he arrived on a three-year contract from Barcelona, effectively replacing Tottenham-bound Matt Doherty as Wolves' first choice right wing-back. Sturdy and adventurous, he had three seasons in La Liga with Barcelona, accumulating 124 appearances in all competitions and winning two Spanish league titles to go with the two he had won in his homeland with Benfica. He has been capped 24 times by Portugal. Number 15. The Seasons Campaigner Craig Dawson, defender, born Rochdale, 6th of May 1990, previously Rochdale, West Brom, Rochdale on loan, Bolton on loan, Watford, West Ham. Experienced centre-back Craig switched his Premier League allegiance from West Ham to Wolves in January, signing a two-and-a-half-year deal and promptly scored on his debut in a 3-0 home win against Liverpool. The versatile 33-year-old defender made more than 150 Premier League appearances for Wolves' local rivals West Brom before joining Watford in 2019 and, a year later, following the Hornets' relegation, West Ham. He was voted into last season's official UEFA Europa League team of the season after helping the Hammers reach the semi-finals. Number 27. The Rising Star, Matias Nunes. Midfielder, born Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, 27th of August 1998. Previously, Erika Renza, Estoril, Sporting CP. Born in Brazil, Matias moved to Lisbon age 12 and won the first of his 11 senior caps for Portugal in 2021, going on to represent his adoptive country at the World Cup in Qatar. He joined Wolves last summer for a club record £38 million from Sporting CP, where he was a Portuguese champion in 2020-21 and Primeira Liga team of the season nominee in 2021-22, and has settled into English football well, starting 29 Premier League games and scoring a spectacular first goal in the competition to beat Chelsea last month. Number 10. The number 10. Daniel Podence, forward. Born, Oeiras, Portugal, 21st of October 1995. Previously, Sporting CP, Morarense, Lone, Olympiacos. A Wolves player since January 2020, when he signed for £16.9 billion from Olympiacos, Daniel was a regular starter under former boss Bruno Lager, but despite not featuring so regularly under Julian Lopetegui, he remains the Old Goals joint top Premier League scorer this season, with six goals, including the first of the current Wolves head coach's reign at Everton in a 2-1 win on Boxing Day. A speedy forward who can play out wide or through the middle, he started last weekend's reverse fixture against the Merseysiders, replacing Diego Costa. Number 5. The Anchorman, Mario Lamina, midfielder, born Libreville, Gabon, 1st of September 1993. Previously, Lorient, Marseille, Juventus, Southampton, Galatasaray, Lone, Fulham, Lone, Nice. Wolves became Mario's third Premier League club after Southampton and Fulham 
when he joined from French Liga 1 side Nice in January on a two-and-a-half-year contract. The tenacious central midfielder was sent off on his return to St Mary's in February, but has been a regular in the Wolves' midfield since, starting 13 successive league games until his substitute appearance against Everton last Saturday. A former Gabon international with 24 caps, he was previously a youth international for France, winning the 2003 FIFA Under-20 World Cup. Scouting Report by Michael Cox It's not unreasonable to suggest that Wolverhampton Wanderers have been one of the less interesting sides in the Premier League this season, at least in a tactical sense. Whereas Wolves once had a very distinct identity, invariably playing a three-man defence with the languid Connor Coda effective as a sweeper, this season they've become a little more generic. Bruno Lager had switched to a four-man defence for much of the period before his departure in October, an approach continued by caretaker Steve Davis in his month-long caretaker period, with the exception of the 2-0 home loss to Arsenal in his final game in charge, when he used a bank three. Julian Lopetegui took over after the World Cup, meanwhile, and has not merely continued with the four-man defence, but over the past couple of months has almost exclusively played a 4-4-2 system. In a way, that has provided Wolves with a distinct identity again. Arguably, no other Premier League side is currently so wedded to an old-school 4-4-2. There's been a recent change in goal. Jose Sarr, outstanding last season, has struggled to recapture that form and has been replaced by Arsenal Academy product Daniel Bentley, who made his Premier League debut at the age of 29 in the recent 2-0 defeat at Manchester United, making a couple of excellent saves. In defence, Max Kilman was one of only two Premier League outfielders not to have missed a single minute this season, until he was omitted for the 1-1 draw last weekend against Everton, whose centre-back James Tarkowski is now unique in that respect. Nathan Collins partnered veteran Craig Dawson, who has impressed since joining from West Ham. Right-back Nelson Samedo offers an attacking threat down the right, while left-sided Totti is more of a converted centre-back and is less forward-thinking. Lopetegui's usual midfield combination in recent weeks has been the excellent passer Ruben Neves alongside the more all-action Mario Lamina, although Brazilian holding player Hal Gomes has also been used at times. On the right, Matias Nunes offers plenty of running, while the alternative is the ultra-speedy Adama Traore, who can be unstoppable on the counter-attack. The left-sided options... Pedro Neto and Daniel Perdens generally drift inside more. Lopetegui isn't short of options for the two centre-forward roles. Nunes, Traore, Neto and Traore have played there, as have those you would consider more orthodox forwards. Diego Costa, Matias Kuna, Raul Jimenez and He Chang Wang. Wolves haven't quite the right combination up top, with the most regular starter being Costa, who had some memorable clashes with Arsenal defenders during his three-year spell at Chelsea. Ultimately, this game is of relatively little importance to Wolves, and it might be an opportunity for Lopetegui to experiment in preparation for next season. 
This is a talented squad and, with a full season under a Europa League winning manager who was once in charge of Spain and Real Madrid, Wolves should be aiming for much higher than the 13th place they currently occupy in 2023-24. Final Day Failings Wolves have lost their final league match of the season in each of the last five campaigns. Indeed, they've lost their final match in seven of their eight Premier League campaigns, with the exception being a 2-1 win against Sunderland in 2009-10. Match Action Premier League Sunday, May 14th, 2023 4.30pm Emirates Stadium. Arsenal nil. Brighton and Hove Albion 3. Timeline. 30 minutes. Trossard shot hits the bar. 51. Encisco heads Brighton ahead from close range. 86. Undav doubles the lead by lifting the ball over Ramsdale. 90. Estepinian seals the win deep into injury time. Martin Odegaard. The only thing we can do now is get back and finish the season in a good way. I think everyone deserves that, especially the supporters. That's the only thing we can do. Facts. Three of our last four home defeats have come against Brighton and Hove Albion. This is only the third Premier League game we have failed to score in this season. This was Bukayo Saka's 74th appearance in the Premier League over the past two seasons, the most of any player over that time frame. Match action. Full time. Nottingham Forest 1, Arsenal 0. Premier League, Saturday, May 20th, 2023, 5.30pm. City Ground Nottingham Forest 1 Awaniwi 19 Arsenal 0 Stats Expected Goals NFFC 0.55 AFC 0.64 Possession NFFC 18% AFC 82% Total Shots NFFC 6 AFC 11 Shots on Target NFFC 2 AFC 3 Completed Passes NFFC 80 AFC 644 Corners NFFC 3 AFC 6 Tackles 1 NFFC 12 AFC 3 Yellow Cards NFFC 3 AFC 2 Red Cards NFFC 0 AFC 0 Timeline 17 Jesus's header hits the ball 19 A1Ewe puts the hosts ahead following a counter-attack 60 Saka's shot is saved at the near post Facts We have lost three of our last five Premier League games as many as we had in our first 32 this season Nottingham Forest have won three consecutive home games against us in all competitions for the first time since September 1986. We failed to score in consecutive Premier League games for the first time this season. Aaron Ramsdale Today is a disappointing afternoon for us, but Champions League football was originally the first goal at the start of the season. 
we've managed that for the first time in six or seven years. We pushed this Man City team all the way. Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Shirt, red with white sleeves. Shorts, white. Socks, white. 1. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. Ben White. 5. Thomas Partey. 6. Gabriel Margales. 7. Bukayo Saka. 8. Martin Odegaard. 9. Gabriel Jesus. 10. Emil Smith-Rowe. 11. Gabriel Martinelli. 12. William Saliba. 14. Eddie Nketiah. 15. Jakub Kivio. 16. Rob Holding. 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu. 19. Leandro Trossard. 20. Giorgino. 21. Fabio Vieira. 24. Rhys Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper. 31. Carl Hein, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Sharka. 35. Alexandra Zinchenko. 83. Ethan Nwaneri. For Wolverhampton Wanderers, head coach Julian Lopetegui. Shirt gold. Shorts black. Socks gold. 1. Jose Sarr, goalkeeper. 3. Rene Nuri. 4. Nathan Collins. 5. Mario Lamina. 6. Bubakar Traore. 7. Pedro Neto. 8. Ruben Leaves. 9. Raul Jimenez. 10. Daniel Perdens. 11. He Chan Wang. 12. Matthias Kuna. 15. Craig Dawson. 18. Sasha Kalajnic. 19. Johnny. 20. Chikino. 21. Pablo Sarabia. 22. Nelson Semedo. 23. Max Kilman. 24. Toti. 25. Dan Bentley, goalkeeper. 27. Matias Nunes. 28. Jao Martino. 29. Diego Costa. 35. Jao Gomez. 37. Adama Traore. 59. Joe Hodge. 64. Hugo Bueno. 81. Dexter Lambikisa. Today's other fixtures, 4.30pm, Chelsea vs Newcastle United, Brentford vs Manchester City, Crystal Palace vs Nottingham Forest, Aston Villa vs Brighton and Hove Albion, Southampton vs Liverpool, Everton vs Bournemouth, Manchester United vs Fulham, Leeds United vs Tottenham Hotspur, Leicester City vs West Ham United. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. for racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere, and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. 
Challenge it, report it, change it, and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League, Arsenal. Emirates. Arsenal official partner. Travel with peace of mind. Fly better. Get the beers in. Camden Town Brewery. Official beer partner of Arsenal FC. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.